What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search hashtag Where the Bear, click subscribe, and that's it. The latest episodes go right to your phone. And today, I know we're out of season, but it's a it's a soccer edition of the Where the Bear podcast. And I have a, a couple of folks with me uh, that played soccer here at Oakland. And of course, we have Corella Clark, who is the wife of Oakland soccer alum Steve Clark as well and and guys I've been waiting a long time for this and Steve it's great to catch up with you and we've been watching on TV uh, for a long time and uh, welcome back to Oakland guys. Yeah I'm very glad to be here and uh, glad to have my wife with me and uh, this we were just telling you that we met in the training room in 2006 was it? No. 2008. 2008 and uh, she was the soccer player for the women's team at the time and I was in my senior year so it's a memory lane for us, for mm-hmm, sure. Definitely. I was a transfer student, and uh, he wasted no time coming to say hi to me in the training room, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a soccer love story. That's, that's right. That, that's great, right here in the in the OU training room. I, I, I don't imagine there's too many of those. There's a couple, I <laughs> yeah, think. I th- yeah, yeah. Th- well, I, I hope that we're leading the charge for the long-distance training room <laughs> love connections. Maybe there's some... Uh, Mm-hmm. shorter ones yeah <laughs> absolutely but I did want to uh, catch up with you guys and it is great to have you guys here uh, with us and, and Steve I want to start with you because you're a person and as as we go throughout the lineage and, and you and I were talking before this when you look at the characteristics of, of professional Oakland athletes be it you Brian Stewart uh Raul Marshall Kendrick Nunn Kay Felder uh, everybody that that has played in the pros you guys share a similar story in mm. that you, you've come here you've done your thing maybe even against the odds you, you get to the top level of the sport in sure. the country and you guys have been grinders it, yeah. it's, it's been that same story do, do you do you find that do you find that lineage is something that that all the pros that have come from Oakland share well I definitely think that it's uh you know when you read the bios in the hall of fame and um and you see the guys that are in the pros that have been here we we definitely came to Oakland looking to get developed I think we came here as players who were I mean certainly in my case overlooked and someone who I mean I really was desired strongly to go pro um and uh it was the perfect place for me and i mean i i know that i had a couple other places to go um but i i chose the walk-on spot at oakland because i I could see myself developing here and getting to the pros here oh how how does that work i mean take me through the psychology of that to say all right i'm gonna walk on at oakland because if if you go to the normal sports fan if you go to just your regular person and say you're gonna walk on at oakland and you yeah. expect you expect to be a professional that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you that's say it right. Out loud. That's right. You know, um, but you never doubted that. No, I didn't. And I, I mean, to be honest, I, I really felt like one thing that I've had is is uh, vision of I've, I've been able to say, OK, like I want to go to step A. I'm at step E. Like how, what are the steps to get there? Um, and certainly Oakland soccer you know, reputation preceded itself for me. And Eric Pogue, Gary Parsons, and certainly Eric's goalkeeping knowledge when I was 18 years old, I recognized in him that he had something that I needed. Um, and the Oakland University pride in the team and in who we were at that time was was exceptional. And I love that blue-collar, underdog nature. We had an alumni party, holiday party, actually, um, last weekend. We were all talking about, like, that blue-collar uh, uh, underdog is really in our bones, is really in our blood. Uh, Corella and Clarella Clark and Steve Clark here with us on the Where the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Uh, do you echo those sentiments uh, that Steve said? Does he relish in that underdog role? 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he's in that underdog role, whether he wants to be in it or not. It's just kind <laughs> of um, his Follows path. me. But um, yeah, I will definitely say that, you know, for what, seven years, seven, eight years that we've been together now, um, he's definitely not taken the traditional path, whether his choice or not. Um, his story even before me wasn't a very traditional one. And I will echo that he definitely always has this sort of vision. And uh, maybe in the first couple of years, I would be a little bit bewildered by <laughs> his vision. But now after seeing it and so many times, it maybe not being exactly what people think he should do or the traditional route. Um, it always, even though it might take a while, it always seems to like work out in his favor. So I'm, I'm here for the ride definitely. And I definitely trust his vision. And I don't know, I think it, I think that's why it works for you is that you don't do the things that most people would do or see or you know yeah i mean being a little bit of a maverick i think is a good thing and uh i mean i i can't stress enough too that oakland university is is a is a good spot for that you know i I was able to get you know the attention and care that i needed from a good coaching staff to develop me you know I, i mean i i say that I mean, I've told Eric this, I've said it many times whenever I'm around and doing interviews about Oakland, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been here without, you know, if I was at a different school without the, the, the goalkeeping tradition specifically, I know Eric says goalkeeper you here, right. but Jeff, we see, you know, Josh Slaughter, these guys who came before me were very good goalkeepers. And I came here and sat for two years and, and that was such a big deal for me because I had to develop, I had to learn the, the position and uh, sitting for two years, isn't something that's normal either. But I felt I, I really believed in the path I, that was laid before me. Now, now Steve, you personally, I, in the discussions I've had with Eric about you, uh, you very much wanted to go to Michigan State. Was was That's my right. understanding? That's that you right. Very much wanted to. That's right. Uh, you were you were lightly recruited. We'll we'll, we'll say it like that. That's you were right. Lightly recruited, and then coming full circle for your college career, you guys beat Michigan State yes. in the NCAA tournament. What was that like for you? How, for real, being real about it. Yeah, what did it, that feel like? It was uh, that was like obviously going to be one of the bigger games that I've ever played in my life. I mean, that's very true that I wanted to go to Michigan State, and then Oakland kind of was the place that I came. And you know, whenever I would go back and play against them, it would be a it was extra. It was personal. It, oh, for sure, it was personal. And then the the final game, you know, my, I'm best friends with their best player, Doug DeMartin. Um, and he's there. It was an All-American that year, and we had a bunch of people from Mason, Michigan, in the stand. So I mean, there might have been fifteen hundred people there, but in my mind, that was one of the bigger finals that I've ever played. We w- ended up winning the game. Uh, Michigan State was a good team as well that year, but we we came on top, and it was a it was a very emotional game for me for sure. Was that something too? Where in that moment did that solidify with you that you were going to be a professional? That that you're like. Hey, I can achieve in this game at the highest level. I mean, out there, you, you've seen it on the Oakland soccer field. You know, that moment is immortalized in Oakland soccer history. Sure. It's, it's probably the go-to moment, that the victory over Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Did that moment solidify all of that to you, That all that hard work? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a few, but I was so, Neil, I was so dead set on being a pro that it didn't, it, didn't, I was, I, it didn't matter to me. I mean, I was just one, I was single-minded, you know, and I think I came off, <laughs> actually, I know I came off as a little cocky probably to the a- athletic department administration because I was so single-minded. I would tell everyone I knew that I was going to be a pro and I don't care. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean. That's one of the first things that he said to me. Hi, I'm Steve. Did you know that I'm going to be a professional athlete? Well, well Carilla, yeah. the follow-up question was going to be, can you confirm that? Uh, you I know, can that, confirm that. that. Bit of a, a I can confirm attitude. that. And I maybe I'll write a couple things down for you that he's already saying right now that he's going to do in five years from now <laughs> because he comes out with some outlandish things. But I think the test of time has said that <laughs> I should probably believe him at this point. So, yes, I can confirm. <laughs> uh, well, and uh, it's really actually cool, Neil, that Carilla can be here because – 
you know, as a pro, like I get, I'm, I'm always on TV, I'm doing these interviews, but Corella, I mean, I know we touched on it a little bit. I don't want to jump ahead for your interview questions here. I know we touched on it before the interview, but having a wife support you in, in this business, being a pro is not, not an easy thing. As you no. know, getting into broadcasting more and more now, um, it, this is a tough business. So having a wife that supports you as Corella does, I mean, she's pretty famous in MLS circles, the teams I've played <laughs> because of her like pit ball mentality and her um, unwavering loyalty for me. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's now I'm thinking about coaching and when I'm in the living room, I'll just, you know, get up from my cereal bowl in the morning and stand up and just pronounce that I'm going to be a, you know, an MLS winning coach in 10 years. And she just looks at me and goes, I know, honey, I know, honey, <laughs> sit down, let's finish, let's, let's finish breakfast. You know, so <laughs> she, she can handle my level of craziness. And, uh, I mean, I, I really feel she's someone who's, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence knowing that she's right by, right beside me. Steve Clark, his wife, Corella Clark, both uh, former Oakland soccer players joining us here on the Wear the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Visit them on the web, www.evanslawgrp.com. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. But we're catching up with Steve, catching up with Corella here. Steve is in town uh, getting the workout in. Right now, as you stand, you know, on the books, you are an MLS free agent right now. That's right. Uh, you got any news you want to break right here on the Where the Podcast? <laughs> yeah, I love that, Neil. Always. <laughs> uh, no, not quite yet, but we're, uh, we're, we're close to some things. I think there will be some announcements here in the next two weeks. Um, so business side of the sport, take some time. Um, and uh, I'm not technically a free agent. Portland still has my rights, so. Um, but we'll uh, we'll have some announcements, I think, soon. Absolutely glad to hear that. But but what about Portland? Your time there, and and you walked into a situation at Portland. Uh, team was scuffling a little bit. Sure. You walk in the door, the playoff chase heats up. You get Portland into the playoffs, and that that whole pomp and circumstance. As we look at Portland from a distance here in Michigan, I mean that is ground zero for the MLS. That is ground zero for the American sure. soccer movement. I mean, you're you're a hero in Portland. I mean, we see how you're received by the fans and all those types of things. Uh, what what is that environment like playing out there? It's a big stage, like you just said. Um, you know, the Timbers Army is a real force in Portland. They're a real, almost like a political identity. You know, sure. with how much power they have and how fanatical they are. So, um, I think being on that stage is is bigger than other places in my career. Um, and certainly for me to kind of write another chapter after I left Columbus is very important for for myself and for Corella as well. I mean, when we were leaving Columbus, there was a bit of a challenge um, in the in the transfer market there for me. And I kept telling Corella, like, look, we're on the right down of the of the career, but you know, the write up's coming. Just wait, <laughs> the write up's coming, and it is coming, and it, it and then we're in it right now. And it, and I tell you what, it feels good. Hey, what about that, Corella? Being being you know Steve's wife and being the wife of a professional athlete, and you don't know from contract to contract. And Steve you know, went to Columbus, was overseas, went to D.C., was in Portland. I mean, you don't know contract to contract. We're gonna what? The, what's that like? What's that like being with Steve for this ride? You know, it's certainly something that I would say that you get used to, and I definitely think there's certain types of people that are more built for it and and aren't. Um, I definitely think I'm a person that I like change. Um, I like uh, new adventures, but um, yeah, the ride down isn't so fun. I'll just say. <laughs> 
I'll just say that. And it's definitely hard as someone like, you know, I think a lot of times in professional sports, people take the human out of the player and they only see Steve as a player. And I get that. And I understand that. And I understand people want wins and they want, you know, it's different for them. But as someone who only sees the human, not the player, um, it's definitely, I would say, especially for me, um, something I've gotten used to, but it will never be easy for me to, you know, maybe see some harsh, harsh critics or see the ride down or see the struggles. But I don't know. I think that it's made us who we are. And even in like the most difficult times, I wouldn't change them for, for anything. I would, I would do it all over again and going through some really rough periods, maybe rougher than, you know, I I know that every player, every, um, any player, any coach has their own individual story, but I will say that there's definitely been some really high highs and some really low lows. I think that comes with the type of player that Steve is, as you said, his underdog role. Um, so yeah, I'll just say that um, you get a bit of distance from the sport is the best way to handle that. Whereas you can kind of compartmentalize who Steve is when he's playing and when he's not. And so I think that we've done that like in our later on years of the sport that we've been able more so to like separate the two versus I don't know I'm meshing ourselves so much it's interesting you bring that up because I I'd never really thought of it that with through all mm-hmm. the years of working in sports and, and doing sports as for a living the the connection that you have is 180 from the connection that the fans have because mm-hmm. you talked about the human side of mm-hmm. it on the other end of it critics analysts those types of things you're a salary on, on, a, mm-hmm. on a sheet of paper that because you make this salary, right. you're expected to perform at this level. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. And on the other side of that coin, mm-hmm. you don't care about that number. Mm-hmm. You care about the human side of it. And I've never really, if if you really break it down analytically, th- those two sides can never find a common ground, right? If if you're if you're just analyzing it. Well, I think it's uh, you know, when you're an 18 year old kid at Oakland, you know, you don't really. That's not something you're thinking about who you <laughs> sure. are as a soccer player and who you are as a human. But mm-hmm. as you you know you play for 10, 12 years pro you kind of go up with the ups and downs and you realize like, okay, um, I have to separate who, who we are, my wife and I, mm-hmm. and who the player is. And I, and I think that's a journey. I think every athlete, because of the, um, the fanaticism you have to have to make it, you know, you kind of like become like all you are as a goalkeeper in some level or a mm-hmm. broadcaster. And, and it's nice to separate because it, it takes a little pressure off on the field. Goalkeeping isn't the easiest position to play. So it's, 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 I feel really fresh and light on the field because of that aspect has kind of taken hold in our lives. If I can just add to that, I think that um, something specifically with goalkeeping is like goalkeeping is a position that he can go on the field and he can do everything right. He can make zero mistakes and he can st- they can still lose, you know, in, in team sports especially. So I think when you understand that there's so many things, even off the, off the field, especially when you get into a professional sport that are out of your control, that you come to a bit of peace about your playing and a peace about our, or I say our career because it, because <laughs> I feel like it is at this point. But well, you're 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 yeah. right there, ground zero too. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. Yeah, but you come to um, it becomes easier to deal with the highs and the lows and separate yourself because you come to this understanding that you can do everything right. You can eat, train, do whatever, and you can still not play or you can still not have success. And once you kind of like release that and you understand that there's you know so many factors into success in in a career that i don't know i think you can just uh play but also live more freely i think in our later years especially in the last year or two years we've definitely found that where um at least i feel like whatever happens next i is just kind of like a everything else is a bonus in my opinion like three more years one more year ten more years zero more years it's just a bonus now steve what about that the, the position of goalkeeping in, in relation to, 
if, if it were football, it would be along the lines of the quarterback. Uh, if it were hockey, it would be along the lines of, of the center, I guess you would say, or, or the goalie in, in hockey as well, in that for whatever reason, the guys who score the goals always get off yeah. easy all the time. If, if they don't score a goal, well, hey, you know, they've scored tons of goals. The keeper lets one goal in. You wear it, man. Like, it, it's your fault no matter sure. what happened. That loss is your fault. What's that psychology like dealing with that every single minute of every single yeah. game? I think it's something that you would learn to I mean everyone kind of chooses goalkeeper they they it comes with it you know you you like that in some extent you know I, I enjoy the meaning of that I enjoy how everything is heightened I mean there's times where you can make a mistake and it's a big deal and you you wish it weren't the case you know but it, it, like I said it's in my blood I mean when I was 8 years old I jumped in goal playing street hockey and and on the playground it's just in my blood it's it's who I am I wouldn't I see the game in that way I want to block shots that's just that's just Really you are a goalkeeper in every sense of your life, <laughs> not just on the field. The approach that it takes, the the mental approach that it takes to be a goalkeeper, he's that way in everything that he does. It's not just on the field. Like he, if something seems dangerous to him or like really scary, he's like, okay, I have to go do that. So I think it's definitely a mental attitude. I mean, I was a striker. I was there for the goals. I was there for the glory. <laughs> glory I didn't yeah. want any of that. You didn't score. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm a total diva on the field. That's right. <laughs> our, our goal scorer is diva. So. I mean, she, yeah, I would say also that maybe I'm living it. My, she's, it uh, she's living that striker's mentality. I mean, I <laughs> wish I was a professional <laughs> she's, athlete. Yeah, I that's always right. say, like, I wish I was a professional athlete of the family. What, what about that, though, Steve? <laughs> I, you know, I... I, I Broadcasting the games for ESPN, the USL yeah. games, and everything like that, I, I've had uh, more than one coach tell me the the missing link on our team is we don't have a guy that can find the back of the net, sure. and there's a reason that worldwide, you know, the Ronaldos and the Messis make 50 million euros a year. It's mm. because it's a it's a skill that no one has. Do the, do goal scorers get too much credit in soccer? No, I don't think so. I mean, it is a difficult. Th- it is difficult. It's very complex, and um, I mean. I think we were talking at the Lions game. Like, it's, these guys are great. They're really fun for me to watch. Portland, we have some amazing players, you know. Sure. Whether it's Sebastian Blanco, Diego Valeri. Um, uh, we, we, it's it's really exciting in training sometimes just to see what they can do. And uh, I think that for me as a coach, I think that one of the most exciting things when I'm thinking about my tactical preparation is how to get your striker the ball in better areas. So that's exactly – it's so difficult. Um, I, I, I like to take – I can't wait to take on that challenge of, of – get my striker and my number nine in good positions well, well speaking of that too and this is something I've noticed since when I started calling college soccer probably about six or seven years ago and then through Detroit City FC and sure. then in the USL the keeper position has evolved even in that short of a time now oh, yeah. you're, you're you're a trigger man now you're you start the break and, and I noticed this with your game is you're looking to be an offensive weapon because you you get the ball you're not playing around with Absolutely. it man boom boom let's go get the attack rolling I definitely I, I definitely love the ball and the, it has grown you know the goalkeeper position I think it's only tip of the iceberg of what a goalkeeper can do for a team with his feet um, you know and and it's definitely it's exciting when you when I want the ball like I just I like the ball I think it's important for the team to have an extra player if if I could tell you in basketball I could give you six players and you you have you could you have the other team has five you'd probably say okay I'll take six <laughs> right and I mean that for that's how that's just how I see it as a goalkeeper sure you know um, so I also wanted to tell I was thinking man as we're talking here I got this great story about Eric that I wanted to tell with my time <laughs> at Oakland so I was uh, you know like I said I sat for two years at Oakland and um, 
And, uh, you know, I was like losing it a little bit because I wasn't playing. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know, because there's always doubts. And then Eric had said, I don't know if I've told you a story, but Eric had said to a, one, of my, one of my roommates at the time, hey, Steve is going to be one of the best goalkeepers in the country in like two or three years. And when I heard that, when he, of course, Eric knew he was going to come tell me, right? So it's, <laughs> yeah. he, he funneled it through the messenger. When he told me that, uh, man, that was like. Yeah, because I wasn't playing at the time that when I heard that it was like just that little tidbit that I needed to keep going keeping the course because a lot of young athletes need to understand that you know it's not instant gratification no I mean you talk about my path to Oakland you talk about what I did at Oakland I the only thing I got as a young man was it wasn't instant gratification I was like okay I'm not good enough today but what about in two weeks what about in six months and you know I think more than ever in our culture with the transfer portal now an NCA that, that's changed the NCA a little bit and also uh young kids when Instagram kind of lifestyle it's like look it's it's delayed gratification that's that's performance that's success that's how i made it to be a pro it wasn't who i was today it was it was three four years down the road i was thinking and i'm still thinking that way yeah it, it's interesting you bring that up because there's a there's a motivational speech that I, I listen to a lot where ray lewis is talking to the university of miami and the football team there and he said the the only thing that follows hard work is results it's not the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. The results don't come, mm-hmm. and then you do the hard work. I mean, that's that's a bill that has to be paid. It's interesting you bring that up because I hear the athletes at the highest level describe it that way. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the only thing that that works. Like even now, I'm, I'm still I'm going in the, you know the great facilities here. I'm going to the bubble and training with a couple guys because I still want to develop my game. You know because I, I I mean I think I have how many I got 30 days till my preseason starts so that's that's a chance to be a better goalkeeper than I was when I when I left Portland in in October. I also think there's something to be said about like um, your capacity uh, for disappointment if that if that's Ooh. whatever <laughs> uh, if that's a term. Um, but setbacks. about like yeah about setbacks and and I think that people think that like progress and success is linear and that it's like oh you become this and then this and then next and next and people don't understand the graph is like i mean you can't see me right now but i'm moving my finger up and down (laughs) um it's not that way it's a jagged line it's a jack it's a super jagged line and i mean just even in the last i mean year of your career if you just look at the difference between when we were december 15th last year and december 15th this year so i think that something important for like young athletes of all is to remember is that like just as easily as something can change for the worse something can change for the better and vice versa so like the the to keep going in the disappointments and to keep going knowing that like i feel like as if you push through and you continue and you're tenacious tenacious about it like you can I don't know I just think that there's of course there's limitations on everyone but for you there was just like you would be disappointed to be like all right what's next you yeah know? I, yeah I, I, well said kitty um <laughs> he calls me kitty if you <laughs> yeah, um I think that the journey to success like I don't often think about what if I fail I because I know if I if even if I'm I, I'm aiming here I'm gonna land somewhere here and uh if I thought about all the ways that I could fail or did fail or have failed Dude, I would, I would be out of this business a long time ago. But the the it, the journey is like the development and the journey in itself is worth it. Mm. That's enough. You know, like these these good things, money, contracts, n- endorsements, championships, those are a tangible thing. But the journey to say, hey, I want to get better at that and the, and the in, internal gratification for developing your craft is enough. That That is worthy. That's a cause to go for. And that's kind of what I've learn if I say one thing that that would be like okay that's what I've learned 
Mm-hmm. It's it's worth it. It's worthy. It's worthy to go after your dreams. Steve Clark joining us here, his wife Corilla Clark as well, both former Oakland soccer players. Uh, Steve Clark last year in the MLS with the Portland Timbers, kind enough to join us here on the Where the Bear podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Remember, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search hashtag Where the Bear, click subscribe, and you are in there. And, and you brought up an Eric Polk story, and, and now I want to tell an Eric Polk yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. And he and I have, have talked a lot uh, about you, and, and he shared this in – you know, I, I, I'm going to bring this up to you, and if you want to address it, you can. And, and if you don't want to, that's cool too. He talked about the, the moment, the MLS Cup moment sure. uh, uh, for Columbus. And he said he was, to this day, he's still blown away by the fact that your reaction to that was, I want to go out into the streets of Columbus, and I want, I want to own this moment that, that happened to me. And I want to get out in front of that moment. That, to me, is something you don't see from people. In this business, especially, when when something bad happens to someone, it's offline. They they disappear. They don't want to deal with it. They hope it just goes away. Why? Why 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 did you treat that moment to where you want to be out in front of it? You want to be out in front of the people in the streets of the city that it happened. What? Why right. did you Why did you treat it that way? Well, I mean, it's a good question. Um, yeah. Look, it, 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 I'm not saying that was an easy thing to do. Like, okay, so uh, what happened was I made a mistake in the championship right. game in Columbus. We were favorites to one. It was like the first minute. It was a disaster. You know, it, it was it, it was a it sucked. Um, but as soon as that happened, even the game afterwards, it's like, okay, well, what what's going to happen now? Like, I, I I mean, I remember vividly remember being like, okay, now I'm going to probably be judged a lot more about what I do after this than the mistake. Really? Um, and, and so like, I, I just was keeping it together in the match. And then after the match, it's like, look, I have enough grounding in my faith in God. Um, and I have enough grounding in my family to say, Hey, bad things happen. This is, it's okay. You know, this, I'm not going to hide from what happened. I, I put myself on the line every single week for 10 years and it's not always pretty. You know, I think that sometimes in our culture, we want to show these positive things, you know, we want to show how great our lives are, but what about when things aren't well? That was really difficult. Corella started crying in the, in the side, in the stands. Yeah. Like she just wept. Mm. You know, I had 48 friends mm. there. Yeah. Okay, this was a horrible moment. Yeah, I I think so, but, you know, and it took us a long time to get over because I think, like, that moment was really hard, of course, because, you know, I mean, I don't have to explain why it would be a hard moment, Um, but, you know, it's what happened after was was pretty difficult in the sense that, you know, it wasn't... people pick up narratives of, of people and right. after that it was oh he plays with the feet his feet too much oh it's not like this guy's taking more touches on anyone and <laughs> anyone whatever, in the, whatever yeah. fits the narrative right that's whatever what fits the narrative right. and that's fine and you know that was a really hard thing for me as a wife like I mean I've spent a lot of time being really angry about the reaction to that mm-hmm. and I've certainly certainly have let that go um but you know what like honestly like I think that moment even though it doesn't define um us in the way that maybe some people think like that moment defines our relationship in a lot of ways For and sure. also um, I think right. there was before that moment in our lives and after that moment and that was the start of the peace that I think that we found in our career in was our that lives, because yeah. to me that made me realize Steve is not a human being that makes mistakes because everyone makes mistakes it's a silly mistake it's like if you really take it down to oh you touched the ball wrong with your foot right Right. you know what i mean like okay so i mean i had people like people were saying like to me like oh steve should 
do some, I mean, I don't even want to say on this right, podcast some right. of the things that people would say. Um, but you know what? I think it makes it like more beautiful and more wonderful. And I like, of course it's serendipitous that we're in Portland and you know, that was definitely something that I thought about when we were there. And then when we heard like a sniff of Portland one in us, I was like, um, I don't know if to bleep this, but I was like, I'll say heck. I was like, heck yeah, let's yeah. go. Like, that's who Steve and I are. Like, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, let's face it head on. Like, yeah, it's going to be more media around the fact that you're coming to Portland because this is the place that that happened in, you know, and Steve and Diego Valeria are like best friends. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? We go out to eat yeah, with them all the time. Cool. It's, it's super cool. And like, that is kind of what I was speaking about when I said that, like, I wouldn't take anything back and especially that moment because you know what i think that defines steve and and myself and our relationship in a nutshell is like what more like for me it's like what more could go wrong and so yeah we're um, a little bit of freedom from that yeah and, i think and, so and also our, our, it's really important for me to live the truth and the truth that curl and i live is that things go wrong you can handle with character and i think that you learn lessons you come out the other side totally. we, did, we didn't hide from one thing and i'm proud of that no. i don't we don't hide in our lives Mm-mm. we don't hide in our marriage no and 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 you know that's evident on a stage in the mls but we're, we're really proud to say that we live that with truth and we're thankful to god about that Th- yeah, that's that's got to be an incredible feeling of freedom to 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 because there if, if you did a poll mm. There, it's not the majority uh, that no. live their life that way. What, what right. is it? It's got to be an incredible feeling of freedom to live like that. Well, it took us a long. Uh, like, let me be clear. Like, uh, it took me a very long time to see that way, and a lot of, you know, like working through that problem. And I'm glad that Steve has had this second part of his career, and um, it's cool that it's with the Timbers. But yeah, I think that. Um, it is very freeing to live that way, knowing that, like, listen, mistakes happen all the time, and yeah, it sucked that it was on a really um, big stage, but also kind of looking at, like, goalkeepers make those mistakes all the time. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all the time. Every, like, I mean, I see goalkeepers making that exact mistake all the sure. time. It just stinks that it was in that moment. Um, in that moment. In that moment. Um, but, like, I-, I don't know. I guess the way that I feel about it is, like, bring it like okay (laughs) you know like i don't know i just feel like it made us really strong and um anything that comes at us again it's like i'm ready for it i guess Um, that's right and also that separation of human and player started then and so now going into his 12th season it's okay i mean you see players all the time obviously we really intimately know not players on the timbers but through the years you intimately know players and their families and their in their in their wives and you can get extremely caught up in especially nowadays like of what people say about you social media like like and to i don't know how people live in this profession if they don't find that sort of separation it's a very i've been in it it's a very miserable way to live (laughs) in this profession yeah that's incredible. It's, mm. it's an incredible story, the way the way that you guys tell it. Steve Clark, uh, join us here on the Wear the Bear podcast. Also his wife, Corella, both former Oakland soccer players on the Wear the Bear podcast. Steve, what's next for you? I mean, uh, you know, obviously you talked about the fact your goal is to be back in the MLS. Uh, you're working on some details to try to figure that out right now. But I'm talking five years, ten years down the road. Um, you know, I, I know you've touched on the fact you, you want to get into coaching and, and those types of things. Uh, you're a plan guy, A, B, C, D. How, how are you going to work it? Um, well, uh, first and foremost, you know, my body feels really good. I'm 33 and, you know, I'm laughing because I, I'm running around the house saying I'm 26, 27 years old. Um, but <laughs> That's also, true. But also, um, I'm studying really very hard to be a coach. Um, so 
um, I'm going to be ready to step in that role as soon as I'm done playing. I think I'll be re ready, have a nice smooth transition. So a lot of studying going on with that, a lot of planning with players throughout the league um, that I want to coach with, kind of solidifying my coaching team already. So, I, I mean, I feel like I'm in a – you're Yeah, so you're, you're yeah, ready to roll. Uh, it's yeah. been something that's been in the works for – at least since 2017 very very deeply looking at um it's something i enjoy i think it'll be my act i think that'll be my best career I, I i believe i've been a good player but i i do think coaching is is kind of what i've was made to do i think that's my true life purpose as far as my career wise um so it's exciting but i mean like i said i'm i got to get the most out of this this playing career and and um it's almost like i I, 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 will, I like to look forward to coaching, but it's like, no, I'm go I, I want to continue playing because I think my best year's ahead of me, and I do believe that. You ready to uh, ready to be a, a coach's wife and to go from the player's <laughs> wife to a coach's oh, wife? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm not really sure I have a choice. She was if born, I'm she was, Clark's wife, no, I think I don't know if okay, I have Okay, this a girl choice. is going to yeah. be the best coach's wife. We had, a, we had the chaplain at Columbus who did the chaplain for Ohio State football, and uh, I don't even think he knew I wanted to coach you. And he came up to us and he, he came I'm up to, and this is true story. He just came up to me and goes, Steve, I met your wife. I'll tell you what, she reminds me of Urban Meyer's wife to the T. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's Jim sweet. down He's in the, the and so she's a, she's a, she'll be a great, she's a great supporter and I'm really glad to have her. Absolutely. Well, I've been really glad to have both of you uh, here on the Where the Bear podcast. I uh, just wish you continued all the success in the world. You're a great ambassador for Oakland. Uh, certainly what you've done is helped put the Golden Grizzlies on the map, legitimizing the entire athletic program with what you've done. I inducted you into the Hall of Honor. It was a huge honor for me to be able to do that. And we're all really proud of you, man. We're, we're really proud of what you guys have done. Um, the character that you have for you to stand up and answer every question. Uh, to Corella, as you talked about taking life head on, you know the way you guys do things. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I admire it a lot. I'll say it like that. As a married man as well, that's you know kind of in a similar career path. I admire what you guys are. I really do, and I'm, I'm, it's been an honor to talk to you, man. Yeah, I'm really glad to be able to, you know, share a little more of the personal. I mean, uh, of course, about Oakland soccer, but definitely the message Krell and I have because we're living it. So it's we're grateful as well. Absolutely. We've got to get you guys out to the basketball game. Yeah, That's right. That's right. So 28th. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We'll get you to, uh, we'll get you to sign an MLS ball on the way out as well, but appreciate the time, guys. You mean me, right? Sign <laughs> MLS. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. I appreciate it. Yeah, they were, uh, they were a love story here at Oakland uh, in the training room. Steve Clark, his wife, Carilla, and uh, we're happy to have him on the Wear the Bear podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. So for Steve Clark, his wife, Carilla, my name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Thank you all for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.